friends and welcome to the Rope Droppers Podcast, your one-stop shop for all your Disney needs. My name is Glenn, and today I'm joined by my co-hosts Landon and Colby. We're going to be discussing the latest in Disney news with Hopper Drop. Getting on it to what was one of my favorite segments from the first episode, Hot Takes. We're going to be drafting the best places to people watch in Walt Disney World. As usual, we're jumping into the Disney Trivia Showdown, and I cannot wait to do this with y'all. Without further ado, let's hop right in to Hopper Drop. So this week, there's a couple of really cool stories. I'm going to let Landon introduce the first one since it is all about him, and we're all super hyped for him here at Rope Dropper. So Landon, what is the first news story? Yes, I'm very excited to announce that I got my DCP role. I believe this was Let's go. Friday. Super exciting. So I got the email when I was in the middle of class and I like stormed out and did the login and everything. So I was like super excited. I'm proud to announce that I will be a custodian at Contemporary. So I'm very excited. Those those days before and after work going to Magic Kingdom is going to be a lot of fun. I know Sarah had, my wife had some bad experiences working at the Contemporary, but that was all mousekeepers. I'm really excited for you. And I know you'll make the most of it. So I think it's I think it's super duper cool. And speaking of making the most of our Disney trips slash vacations slash our times at Disney, Disney had some huge announcements this week. One of their announcements was that in 2024, they are finally bringing back the Disney dining plan. And honestly, huge hop for me. There's a lot of hops this week for me as far as Disney goes. And this is just one of them. The dining plan is a fantastic thing that Disney introduced that kind of just makes your vacation better is a little bit of a bonus to what is already going to be a great trip. So huge hop for me. Yeah, growing up for us, we didn't really do dining plan much, but it's definitely something that I probably will do in the future. It really is a bang for your buck if you're wanting to have that dining experience, if you're wanting to just take a second and eat somewhere nice or even prep before. So I'm a big hop on this one as well. Absolutely. This is just really exciting. You want to talk about simplifying the Disney experience. I think that that is something that Disney really has gotten away from in the past two, three years. And I think that it's really something that makes going on vacation a little more complicated. And honestly, we need less complication when we go to Disney and when we're trying to go on vacation. I'm going in two days to Disney. I leave on Friday and let's go. And Yes, yeah, I'm super excited, but all the hoops you have to jump through to just get a park reservation and undo all these things, this makes it a lot more affordable for families to enjoy Disney's premier restaurants. We've talked about Topolino's, Narcoosie's, Flying Fish, Steakhouse 71, that they're very expensive, but with the dining plan, it makes it a lot more affordable so you'll be able to go and enjoy and really have a unique and special experience with your loved ones. Yeah, yeah. I think Disney did a great job of just listening to what the people want. Um, So all of this news this week is like stuff that we wanted. So I'm super interested with all the price hiking that Disney's been doing. I'm super interested to see how they price the dining plan to see if it's as worth it as it used to be. Like we, the only time we ever had the dining plan growing up was whenever they offered it. If you stayed at like a certain resort, you got it for free on your Disney vacation is always worth it because you're always going to eat food so if you're going to go to disney why not take advantage of that promotional offer in addition to that i think that it's smart of them with universal opening their epic universe park 
think in order to get people to come back to Disney and not to just go to Universal for the majority of their trip, they did a lot of stuff that are really big wins for me and really big wins for a lot of Disney fans. I think it's all because of Iger. I think you can say what you want about Iger versus Chapek. I don't think there's a lot of differences between the two. I think they are about profit, but Iger seems to care about us a little bit more. Like even a fraction of a bit more is so much better than what Chapek did. So this is a huge hot for me, as well as this next story is also a really big hot for us and something that us here at Rope Droppers have talked about for a very long time, at least since episode one. Crazy that episode one was a long time ago, but we are removing the theme park reservation system a little further out than I'd like them to. It's all the way out in 2024, but whenever they do, this is going to be a really big win for me. I, a really big hop. I'm, I, there's no way I could drop this. The theme park reservation system is one of the my least favorite thing whenever it comes to Disney. So, good job. Yeah, this is something that I think just adds like a whole level of stress to a vacation that doesn't need to be there. And it's just all for Disney's benefit with the analytics and everything. So them removing this is a huge hop for me as well. I think a lot of people will just enjoy planning it a lot more. Huge hop for me. Absolutely love this. If you remember that a few weeks ago we drafted something that we would want Disney to bring back and of course one of my first picks was removing the theme park reservation so it feels like maybe Bob Iger and the other Disney executives are listening to rope droppers it's pretty exciting to think about fully expect a shout out on this earning call I'm super (laughs) I fully expect that but yeah this couldn't be a bigger hop for me definitely hopping on board I'm on the train I'm driving I'm conducting this it's just really exciting Just going back to what I said earlier, make this simple. It is just too complicated right now for really no reason, and it doesn't benefit the guests at all. It really allowed, this is going to allow some flexibility for the people on vacation. Yeah, totally agree. Great point. I think that something that Iger does really is he does something like like controversial and stepping over the line, but then he backs it, he sandwiches it with something like super-duper fan-oriented. Like where there's like D23 and like all these really cool fan service things that he did while he was in office, as well as some like controversial ones like buying Fox and these other. We don't really get into that on this podcast, but these things that a lot of the company wouldn't do or and a lot of people wouldn't advise. But he always does a good job of being like, I'm going to do this, but also I'm going to throw you a bone, like getting rid of the park reservation system. So that doesn't do a whole lot for Disney except for bring back a portion of their fan base they've really been alienating. I think it's a huge win, as well as this next thing. I also think they've been alienating these groups for a while. So Disney is going to have go-to days for annual par- annual pass holders and cast members. So just days that, you know, are way more oriented to cast members and pass holders. So I'm super, I'm hopping on board for this one too. I think that any benefit you can give to, your, to those types of Disney fans is a big win. So... Yeah, these two groups of people are some of the most committed Disney fans out there, um, and I think you really need to value their opinion, value their love for the company, and just all of that. So I think just showing that you prioritize those people and creating these days that are just specific for them and just more helpful for their experience uh, just really shows that Disney values them more, cares for that side of things. So huge hop for me. Yeah, definitely hop, but it's I, if you don't like this, then you don't like cast members, and you don't want to be on that side of history. I'm pretty excited for the cast members, and as well as annual pass holders, so that'll be 
an advantage to them. They are paying a lot for their annual pass, so that's another thing that will be able to boost the reasoning to get it. So definitely something cool. And I think that this is going to be a really good thing. And it just goes to show you that Disney does care about their cast members to an extent. <laughs> yeah. They're not just robots. They're close to it. They're close to it. They're close to robots. I consistently send prayers and my heart out to cast members who currently work for the Disney company. Being said, Brandon, you're going to have a great time. I am so happy for you. (laughs) I'm shaking in my seat. Speaking of things that they are bringing back from old times, something that Disney used to do is extra magic hours for their hotel resort guests. And they did it a little bit. They extended the hours a little bit. They brought it back since the pandemic. But a huge, huge win for me is the are they are adding more park times for Disney Resort guests to go to the parks. Early entry, late night hours. I have a lot of great memories as a kid going to the park and being there till 4 a.m., 3 a.m. Now, yes. I think that this is a huge hop for me. I love being more exclusive hours for people who stay on resort. When you're paying that premium price should be getting something in return. So I am I love this. Yeah, this is huge. Just like you growing up, we would stay in the parks till literally as late as we could. And I miss those like 3, 4 a.m. nights. Like those are the ones that like you just build the memories, but also just you can get really frustrated with your family and you're like, you know what? We have to be past this. We got hours here left. I'm really looking forward to this. I think our family's going to definitely take advantage of it whenever it comes back. And this would just be... Just a power move for Disney over their competitors that are off property. It'll give you a reason to just stay back on property again because I know they've been taken away from that. So just good reason to entice people to stay on. Yeah, I see this as a chess move by Disney because painting it like it's for us, the fan, but really it's really for them so they can get more people staying on their resort property. But at the same time, I'm very thankful for this because... When you go to the park really late, people just aren't there. So you can really do a lot more yeah. than you think. Like when you're there at 11 or 12 a.m., people leave. People with families leave. People with young kids leave. People that are tired leave, obviously. So you're able to walk on a lot of rides, and it's very fun, just that experience being there really late. I'm really looking, I'm really looking forward to this, and I, I can't wait. I'm a night owl. I don't like waking up early, so this really fits my way I like to Disney. Same. I think that it definitely appeals to that audience a lot more, the people who don't like to get up early, not the rope droppers, but rope stoppers, really. I think it's a big win all around, and there's nothing like walking through an empty Main Street at 2 in the morning when you've been up for hours. and It's magical. It really is. want to cry because it's just been that long of a day, but you've gotten so much done that you feel like everything's right in the world. That's the type of Disney vacation that they're bringing back, and I'm happy about that. Being said, I do think this next story is super, super interesting, as well as just, it's a hop, to be honest. They're simplifying Disney Genie Plus and bringing pre-booking to Genie Plus. So basically, all Genie Plus is now is just FastPass Plus, a paid FastPass Plus. I think if Disney would have framed it like that from the get-go, they would have had less controversy overall. Genie Plus, uh, that being said, it's... I love pre-booking. Like that's where you can book your ride reservations before you go to the park or even before your Disney vacation starts. Uh, it's always as a planner and as somebody who planned my Dis- my family's Disney vacations, 
getting the right fast passes was always such an adrenaline rush, similar to getting dining reservations or anything like that. My hope with them doing this is that they make it to where there's still some available when you go to the park, so that way the people who don't pre-book aren't really penalized that heavily. Because I think that was one of the benefits of Genie Plus was that it's, it was similar to the old paper fast pass system where you had to be in the park, so you couldn't really, like, lax with it. But this it, this does make your vacation overall better, so it is a hop. I do like this, but I do hope that they still appeal to that audience and remember that the audience exists of the people who don't really book their vacations super heavily before they go. So, huge hop, but that's all I got to say. Yeah, yeah. I think there is a way to do every single fast pass system that Disney has made and a way to not really cheat the system, but just use it to your advantage the most. And I feel like I've really gotten the hang of that with Genie Plus. So with this news, I'm, ah, oh, come on. I just got used to it. I felt like I was a lead at it. I'm a little disappointed with it, but overall it'll be better with whatever they do. And they're just trying to make it better for the guests. Man, I like that. So hop for this as well. Yeah, definitely hopping on board. I think this is a good thing. Now, I do hope that there isn't many changes moving forward to it, just so that they can pick one and roll with it. But just because there has been so many changes to the FastPass system in the past three or four years, and I know that these changes need to be made because they need to make it better, but I do hope that they land on a happy medium in the next two years or so. That would be really preferred so people can like really get used to it. Yeah, this does sound a lot better than what we have now, so I'm definitely hopping on board. I don't, I'm not a planner. Like, that's just not really who I am as a person. So, it does worry me a little bit. I hope that there is like a 75-25 split of fast passes. Like, 75% are pre-booked, and then like 25% are not pre-booked. So, people like me can just come into the park and enjoy. But, at the same time, I know that the people that love to plan are really going to enjoy this. Yes, we will. Really we will. take advantage of it. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I don't hate planning. I just, I'm just not good at it. It's not something I like to do. So, yeah. yeah. I think you'll see a lot of Disney, I guess Disney adults, get upset about this new system. If they don't have it where, like, you can just spontaneously book, like, an elite ride. Or have it where you can, like, have that refreshing and be like, oh, look, what just popped up. Um, like those moments for me, that's what gets my adrenaline pump and that carries me through the day. So if they eliminate that, I'm going to be very upset and I'll have to rant on one of the podcasts, but until then, I'm happy about this. That if it's anything like, like fast pass plus was there, you still have that opportunity to do that when you go to the parks. I think it's funny that we have all who are in like the kind of fly by the seat of my pants and I'm like a super heavy planner when it comes to Disney. Planning was always the fun thing for me to do as a kid. Maybe that's a hot yeah. take. But that being said, I'm super excited for our next segment, which Colby is going to introduce. It's one. Of, it's probably with with respect to refurbishment theme being out of the way. Hot takes might take its place with being one of my favorite segments. So, Colby, what are we doing now? If you remember. All the way back to episode one. So this is January of this year. It's May 10th today, so it's pretty crazy. My brother's birthday is tomorrow. I need to remember that, but May 11th. But uh, shout out to you, Caleb, turning 17 years old. Love you. But I'm really excited to bring this back. If you remember, 
we had some really controversial takes, one of mine being that Storybook Circus need to be bulldozed. But yeah, so this is just a time where you can say whatever you please when it comes to Disney parks, but just give some reasoning on why you feel that way. Landon, go ahead and kick us off. All right. Mine's a little spicy. I didn't put this on the outline because I didn't want y'all dogging on this earlier. But <laughs> I'm going to talk about a restaurant. I know my dining opinions aren't very valued on this podcast. I don't have a lot of experience. But this place, every time I go, it's not mid. It's good. I'm satisfied after every meal. I enjoy the atmosphere. The service is good. And it's in an iconic place. Tony's Town Square is not bad. Oh, no. The only thing hot here, the only thing hot here is the food. So, mic drop. Oh, my goodness. I don't even know where to go from here. I'm it. I'm out. And look, if you're into, if you like Olive Garden, it's okay to just say that. It's not a big deal. There's nothing wrong with an Olive Garden. Dude, who doesn't like Olive Garden? I love Olive Garden, but the fact that I can get Olive Garden outside of Disney World makes me. Look, it, it's it's such a mid restaurant, and I there's probably it probably has a cult following out there, so you might get a few people who are like, yeah, Landon, that's a great one. But honestly. We need to get you into some more Disney restaurants because you're comparing, maybe you're comparing apples to apples right now. And compared to quick service restaurants, Tony's isn't that bad. But compared to like almost anything else you can get at Magic Kingdom, like Pecos Bills is better than Tony's Town Square. Oh, uh, was that your early hot take or was that? <laughs> no, that's just a fact. It's just That's just a fact, Landon, for you. So, Dude, uh, Golden Oak Outpost, something that's never open is better than Tony's Town Square. That's I would actually agree. The goo French fries, the waffle fries there, very good. They go this crazy. Is this is blast. Landon, Landon, we need to get your palate a little bit more experience with Disney foodie. Maybe we can get that done this summer. You can yeah, document yeah. that journey just a little bit. I have a pretty exciting there. announcement regarding food. I am eating at Steakhouse Seventy One, and just I I love in my first experience. So I will definitely have a big review. Talking about going from a horrible take to to a great one, I think Steakhouse Seventy One is yeah. fantastic. Also, to plug, to plug the Patreon real quick, I will be doing some bonus podcasts about my Disney experience this past week or in this coming week. That'll be yeah. up on the Patreon. Do appreciate the plug a lot. It's super. Cool. Also, the stickers this month are Haunted Mansion themed, so they're sick. I had a fun time designing them. I don't want to let Landon go go under the radar with the comment he just made. He said that Steakhouse 71 and Tony's Town Square are on the same level. <laughs> man, Landon. I... My man must have had some head trauma recently. <laughs> I will say, audience, I cannot keep a straight face saying that. So don't take that literally. Okay, so, he, he, man, thank goodness that was not your hot take because I, whew, and that fired me up. Since we're already in the Magic Kingdom, I think I'm going to keep my hot take to the Magic Kingdom. Colby is going to be very upset with me, and I'm sure there's going to be a few people who are too. I think Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger Spin is one of the worst rides in Walt Disney World. It's trash. It's it's so mid, especially considering there's an elite version of it in Toy Story Mania. And if Disney would have shown this the appropriate amount of love over the past 10, 20 years, however long it's been opened, Maybe it wouldn't be trash, but considering it's never gotten a super heavy overhaul and the technology has never been updated, this is one of this is one of my least favorite rides in Disney. And I love the competitive aspect. I'm not going to justify my hot take, but I think it's trash. Man, 
about just burned me. This right. probably a top, it's probably a top fifteen ride for me. I know it's embarrassing to say, but oh I just God, I just love this. I know I just love this ride. I love Buzz. I love the music when you walk in. The doo, doo. it's just exciting, and it really does feel like you're going to war. And I don't know. <laughs> does it feel like that? Yeah, I, and I have a lot of I have a lot of experience going to war. I, I there's a better end listening to this podcast just fuming. <laughs> yeah, Colby's no, I had nothing. I that was a hot take. I'm going to save the galaxy. <laughs> Thank you for your service. <laughs> That's so funny. It's lighthearted. I, obviously, I respect the troops. Okay, it, don't worry, guys. All right. yeah. That that wasn't his hot take. Don't worry. That was right. His hot take. <laughs> yeah, I just love this ride. I think it does have something to do with it being Buzz Lightyear and like Toy Story. I mean, it does need a refurb. I can definitely get behind that. Uh, it really does need like a really big facelift, and hopefully it does get one in the next ten years or so. I don't know if it will. Anyway, next moving on to my hot take. Yeah, ten years. The way Disney works, it's it, you can't be like, oh, it's gonna happen in the next year. They're giving like a six month break for the theme park reservations to remo- be removed, like six month notice. Like you could just do that tomorrow. It's just I, I don't even get it. Anyway, just in time for summer. Exactly. But you have to give us like, it's actually more than six months. It's seven, eight months. So it's it's a long time away. Disney just moves very slowly. And that's something that I think that, I don't know. They just move slowly. Anyway, so getting into my hot take, this take is very hot, but Test Track is not a top 30 ride. It's just not. See, I like can get behind it, but then I realize how many attractions have to come before it for it to not even be a top 30. But considering you said Space Ranger Spin is like in a top 15 for you, that does make sense. Dude, Space Ranger Spin is above <laughs> Test Drive. It's not close. I, it's not close. Yeah, I don't, I, but man, but top 30. Like, well, I'm a huge fan of Test Track 1.0, like whenever it was Crash Test Dummies and all that jazz. I think there's a lot of, I'm a big nostalgia guy whenever it comes to Epcot. I mean, I think that it really, it's in a need of an over, like an update, but not nearly as big of an update as Space Ranger Spin needs or even like some of their other attractions. Um, it just needs to be refurbed and given a little bit of love and make sure that everything works. Man, that that didn't make my blood boil as much as Landon's take did, but I do have to say that, I don't know, that the 30 rides that are better in, than it, we really need to do like ranking every Disney ride, Disney ride podcast. Yes. I want to know where this actually lies in your list for there to be 30 attractions above it. Honestly, I think 30 is conservative. I think it could be much lower than that. I think oh it could God. be top okay. 30. Okay. Yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm just saying. I So give me a this or that, and I'll tell you which one. That's what I was about to do. All right, go ahead. All right, go ahead. Alien Swirling Saucers. Oh, definitely Alien Swirling Saucers. It's not close. It's yeah, not yeah. close. The music is elite. Star Tours. Swirling Saucers. I think I'd rather do Test Track than Star Tours. Small World. I'd rather do Test Track than Small World. You're giving me, like, bottom-of-the-barrel stuff right now. Well, you said it's a bottom-of-the-barrel ride for you. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot more than 30 rides. So there's good, there's 30 rides in the Magic Kingdom right now. Dinosaur. Oh, dinosaur is like way lower. Like uh, not even top fifty for me. Colby, I that that your dinosaur take is way more controversial I, it's than so boring. It's so boring. It's so dark. They spin you around and it smells in there. That take is just it's such a 
such an interesting take because I don't think it's like a, I don't think it's an elite ride, but. But here's another this or that. Would you rather eat at Tony's Town Square or ride Test Track? Don't am I paying for Tony's Town Square? Yes, it's free. Oh, I definitely take the free deal <laughs> at Tony's Town Square restaurant. If I'm paying for it, then heck no. But if I'm not paying for it, yeah. Nah, sure. Do you want to spend oh. your hard-earned money at a trash restaurant, or do you want to head over to Test Track and ride a ride? It's I could you rather like, create a vehicle on an iPad. I, that's one of the that's one of the things that really falls flat for me at uh, Test Track is when you cre- creating the thing is very fun, but then it doesn't work on the ride. A lot of the time. Yes. Just needs a little bit of love. I think that if it got the love it deserved, then, you know, it would it would be a really good ride. And that's one thing that I wish Disney did better was that they maintained their rides a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, if they made it go like 100 miles an hour, then I'd probably like it more. Could you imagine? Yeah, I, I could imagine. I don't think I would like it. It's as fast as it can be without needing, like, full, like, over-the-shoulder straps. Or, or like, harnesses, like how it is on Rock and Roller Coaster. Yeah, they should give us that. They should give us that. Make it go a hundred miles an hour and make it go. Give us a loop, and then oh, and you know what? That's giving you flashbacks too. You know how in Disneyland they replaced uh, People Mover with rocket rods. With rocket rods, that's what this is giving you flashbacks to. And what we're gonna end up with if they did that would be just a big empty show building because, like, the remnants of Test Track. Because it would ruin. I could guarantee you. Whoever came up with rocket rods, like him and I are like brothers in some way. Like we aren't, <laughs> we just are. Like we're on the. Whoever came up with the rocket rods, like the concept of it is so exciting. It's like, I would totally be all over that. I the gosh, absolutely not. That's one of the biggest mistakes in Disney history, in my opinion. That's crazy. That's. I it does make sense that you're related to him, though. Just to be clear, it makes a lot of sense. That's all I got. Yep. All righty. Yeah, those are our hot takes. And now that we got my blood moving a little bit and that my blood pressure has risen a considerable amount, probably too much, honestly. That's probably concerning. I should probably see a doctor. We're going to move on to our next segment, which is the drafts. Yes, let's go. I'm excited for this week. So this week, we will be drafting places to people watch. So you can draft anywhere in any of the parks or I guess Disney Springs or the Boardwalk or anywhere like that. But just the best places to people watch. So the order this week's gonna be myself first, then Glenn, and then finishing off with Colby. Colby already Colby's got his third round spot, so you know it's gonna be a really fun week for everyone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I have. I'll warn y'all. I have some weird spots on here. I am. Really? I'm hyped. I'm really, yeah, I, I can't wait. So <laughs> yeah, I'm hyped. Let's get into it. Yeah, I just have to draft this first. I think it's the best spot, just objectively. I think just the grassy area in front of Cinderella's castle. It's okay. just up grass. To watch the crowd. Right in front of like Casey's Corner. Yeah. Nah. Oh, hub grass. I thought you said what grass. Sorry. No, you're good. Oh, I, I think sitting there with uh, like a snack, like a, a Nutella waffle for, mm-hmm. around lunchtime getting some Casey's Corn Dogs. It's a, it's an elite spot to eat, and I think it's pretty underrated. I don't want it to be appropriately rated because then it, you could probably never get in there, but I do yeah. like it. Good take. For me, I am taking, I am people watching on Sunset Boulevard with the coffee in my hand. I'm watching people and looking over at the Tower of Terror. So Sunset Boulevard bench is preferably the bench next to the Disney Vacation Club suitcase. 
if y'all are if y'all can picture sunset a little bit that is that's where i'm going so sunset boulevard is my is one of my top picks i you thought that look, was gonna be one and two if you look at my list i'm gonna cover a lot bunch of other list i have sunset number one then hubgrass number two <laughs> so y'all clipped y'all literally took my first two picks this is gonna, one this thing is gonna I, be a fun one. One thing I love about Sunset is just the music they play there. It, yeah, the vibes are good. It's timeless. It's really nice. As many hot takes as I've had about Sunset, I think I had to give it the respect it deserved and take it second round. So this is the same area as Landon's, but one of my favorite places that people watch, and I do it almost every trip, is just the Main Street station where you're overlooking Main Street and the castle. It's just really nice, and obviously Disney, Magic Kingdom is the most visited theme park in the world. They have so many people that come through every single day, and that really has a diverse and eclectic people. They just walk in, and it's very interesting to watch and see and how people interact with their families and stuff like that. It's just, it's very fun to watch, so I just love getting popcorn and just resting up there and uh, chilling and just watching people and just see, just see. It's very fun. You could do it for a long time, but it's back now. Yeah. There's just definitely something about seeing people's, like, first look at the castle, like, whether they're coming in for vacation and it's, like, the first thing they see, like, just a special moment. So I think that's just a pretty awesome spot, just getting to yeah. watch everyone walk in, just see the castle and everything. I think people watching at Disney, like, it's just, for to make it, like, those of you who've never people watched in Disney, it's really just a relaxing part of your vacation. And it's just like living in the vibes of Disney. And I think that the two places that y'all picked and, and the three that have been drafted so far are just like great ways to see like places where Disney magic happens for people. I have a, a super fun draft so far. Yeah, absolutely. All right, with my second pick, I'm going to stay in Magic Kingdom and we're going to head on over to Tomorrowland. I'm going to draft the benches like outside of Space Mountain more specifically. So, like, right there in front of, I guess, Space Mountain and Tron now. And it's, like, underneath the people mover. I just have a lot of memories, like, sitting there. I don't know, like, why. Like, I just enjoyed, like, that area specifically, just watching people just enjoy the Space Mountain, see how cool it looks and everything. So, that's probably my favorite. Yeah, something that gives me a lot of nostalgia is the Tomorrowland soundtrack. So, I can like that draft a lot. Oh, that's a good pick. My pick, I'm also staying in Magic Kingdom, but I am heading over to Fantasyland. For those of you who don't know, Pinocchio's Village House overlooks It's a Small World. So I'm taking the It's a Small World overlook for, for my second round pick. It's just, again, with people watching and everything, like looking at people going on the It's a Small World boats, a very subpar ride, I think that, or not a great ride. So I think that this is just more enjoyable than the actual ride. So waving at people and yeah. everything like that is great. That was on my list. That's awesome. All right. So moving on to the next place we're going to go people watch. One place that I really like to go to is the World Showcase. And that's for a lot of different reasons. But more specifically, I really like being in the Italy Pavilion. Watching yeah. people in there. There's a really nice places to sit. It's breezy. There's some like wind tunnels and also people are, you get really, you get people doing really funny things in World Showcase sometimes. So it's fun to watch that and just enjoy 
but the Italy, Italy pavilion specifically is where I like to rest and people watch because I'll get like a snack or whatever. But then there's a lot of, I just love the architecture and that pavilion and the music. So one of my favorite places is just sit and relax. I think there's a lot of great spots in World Showcase, but yeah, I don't know if I'm going to draft it now. Let's see. My next pick. I'm trying to decide if I want to stay in Magic Kingdom. There's so many good spots, but I think I'm going to take it outside of it. We're going to hop on the monorail and go to the Polynesian Lobby. I had to sit there for about like 20 minutes with waiting on Philip last trip, and I just really enjoyed it. Like It was really relaxing. I just bobbed in that area, so it's a good time. Again, the music there is just, I think that a lot of these, like other than the t- the ones on Main Street, the music are really what has made them so far. So I think that, I love that draft. The Polynesian Lobby is one of my favorite areas in Disney, like the Poly in general. So yeah. big win. I really like that one. For mine, I am going to head on over to Black Spire Outpost in Hollywood Studios, and I am going to take the overlook area of Millennium Falcon. I think that watching people right in there and like finding a relaxing place to rest and just seeing what's up is really cool because it's another one of those places where you can really see Disney magic happen for people because that area is so cool. So that's why I'm taking the Millennium Falcon is mine. That's an awesome spot. I like that pick. I've never done that. I need to do that next time. Maybe just in a few days here. So with my next pick, I was actually considering the Poly Lobby, but I am going to be doing the Grand Floridian Lobby. And there's a few reasons why I like this lobby. It's because it really feels old-timey in there, and there's a it's just so open. And there's a lot of nice places to sit and relax, and it almost feels like you're in a movie of some sort. But there's so many people in there. Definitely fun to watch. I've seen some very interesting interactions in there too. So it's just a really nice place to relax, but also just there's something not to be basic about it, but grand about just that lobby. Oh no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I love the grand lobby. I think it's I think it's nice. I like very beautiful. The the smells are a little overwhelming for me, but whenever the pianist is playing in there and you're sitting on the comfy couch, because most of the time I'm not even staying there. Whenever I'm people watching in there. I'd say most of the time as if I've stayed there often, maybe twice, but I think it's beautiful. I think it's a really, it's a good one, Colby. Yeah. Yeah, I think Grand Floridian and Polynesian are like neck and neck on which one's better to people watch at. But I will say during Christmas time, when the huge tree's up and the gingerbread house is up, I think you just got to choose Grand Floridian over the Polynesian. Good pick. All right. Honestly, Y'all haven't drafted some of the ones that I have down, but this one really, there's not like crazy sights, but I just think it's really relaxing and a good spot. Just get off your feet for a second and just, I guess, just watch the people like walking by. I'm going to go with the benches, like that little bench area, like right outside of the Frontier Trading Post. It's not necessarily like an elite view or anything. Yeah. But I just think it's like in the rocking chairs and stuff. Where the yeah, rocking like chairs are. there. And then, like, uh, underneath that that lamp post that people will set up their pens at sometimes. Oh, yeah. I think it's good spots. That's a good one. For mine, I wanted to save my lobbies for the last round. And honestly, Polly was on my list, but Ranflow was not, or at least not that high up. So I, I'm fine with that one being gone. But I'm taking the Wilderness Lodge lobby. 
I think the vibes in there are fantastic, like how large everything is. And it's got some of my favorite vibes of a Disney resort. So I am taking the Wilderness Lodge lobby. Very nice. No, I've never been there. Really? Oh, dude, you'll have to change that. It's yeah, beautiful. Yeah. I would, beautiful. like, if you don't do it by the, it's one of my, it's beautiful. If we can get some time there, or even at, eating at Whispering Canyon or uh, Spring Canyon's fun to eat at, so. Yeah. Oh, everyone's going to see my opinion of their food. Sneak peek. Nice. There you go. <laughs> the most most incognito, like, sneak peek ever. <laughs> Cut to the Drewski. What do you mean by that? <laughs> my last pick so something really interesting there is no animal kingdom on this list that's so right I, I tried to I, think of something i died i it, yeah i couldn't think of much there's just not I, many convenient spots to sit in animal kingdom for me yeah and it's hot too they're all they're and they're also all in restaurants all my resting spots are all like in air conditioning yeah I am going to take right in front of the Tree of Life just because it's like a a good area to watch people and you get the view of the Tree of Life, which is a really awesome a park icon. And when you really sit and appreciate it, you really, I don't know, I think you get a lot out of it. At least I did. So I will take that. And um, the only negative part is it is hot, but so right into that Discovery Island area, just find a nice spot to rest for a second and watch the people as they walk into the park. Yeah. Nice. Are any good benches over there, but the, you could sit on all the planters, which is nice. I probably spent like an hour, like about maybe 45 minutes people watching over there last time I went with this time y'all were in Disney and it's great. The music's pretty cool. And if you can get there early enough and watch the like bird show that they have going on, it's a fun one. So let's go ahead and recap our lists. I, Colby, this is one of the weeks where, weirdly, the most controversial thing you drafted was that last one, and that's not even that controversial. Yeah, that, I, had a, I had a priority not to draft something like cars this week. I'm a little sad. If you have any honorable mentions that weren't listed, we can go through those in a second. But, Landon, <laughs> let's go ahead and recap your list, and I'll do mine, then Colby, you can do yours. Yeah, with my first pick, I took the Hubgrass in front of Cinderella's Castle in Casey's Corner. With my second pick, I took the Space Mountain Benches, right there in front of Space and Tron. And then with my third, I took the Polynesian Lobby. And then my last pick, I took the Frontier Trading Post Benches. And then for mine, I took Sunset Boulevard. It's a small world overlook in Pinocchio's Village House. Uh, then I took Benches near the Millennium Falcon in Alexi's Edge. And last but not least, one of my favorite places to people watch is the Wilderness Lodge lobby because the vibes, absolutely unreal. And then I took the Main Street train station, the Italy Pavilion, the Grand Floridian lobby, and right in front of the Tree of Life. And what a fun list. Man, do y'all have any honorable mentions? I know Landon said we didn't draft a lot of his. Yes. Do y'all have any ones that didn't make the list but still are worth people knowing? Yeah, I have a few actually. I'm going to read the ones that... Didn't get picked. I had the Gaston Tavern Fountain. There's some like benches right over there. I like that area. I had the picnic tables by American Adventure. I sat there for probably like an hour last trip that we went on. And I really liked it. It was just a good place to get off your feet. Oh, in front of Guardians. And that was the only ones. So Cosmic Rewind was one of the ones I wanted to do too. 
but I just, I didn't end up doing it, but I really like yeah. that area a lot. Yeah. It's just so new and there's a lot of excitement and buzz around the ride, obviously, because a lot of people haven't gotten a chance to ride it yet. So it's fun to be. So there's an area on Tom Sawyer's Island. I know it's a super controversial thing to like something on Tom Sawyer's Island on this podcast, but Tom Sawyer's Island, there's these rocking chairs that overlook the rivers of America and you get a view of Big Thunder Mountain and it's just a beautiful spot to people watch it to the riverboat going by. And it's just, it's probably some of the best vibes in a frontier land right now. I think that if you can make it over to Tom Sawyer's Island and if you want to relax on your Disney vacation, I know it's super weird, but I think it's a good spot. And uh, overall, I loved people watching. Great suggestion, Colby. You know, next week, I think you should draft ride soundtracks because I think that, or just Disney soundtracks in general, because I think that- That's a good one. Yeah, I think we talked about it a lot, and I think a lot of the areas we hit on today are made elite by the music. Maybe, maybe then your Space Mountain pick will be justified. I think that I just want to say real quick, you will be hearing about my Disney trip for sure, and then we'll have an instant reaction on Patreon. I'm going to do a show on Patreon, and then I'm pretty excited about that. And also, on Colby Trades Pens, there's going to be, on my Instagram, there's going to be a lot of content on there. So if you want to stay tuned... Yeah, y'all yeah. follow, and I'll, I do follow back usually. I'm excited. Usually. Good shout-out. Again, draft was super fun this week. I think it's interesting to see where we all rest in Disney. And shout-out to Colby on his next Disney trip. I'm super hyped about that. And I'm excited to potentially take a Rope Dropper's take on Disney Rope Trip. I'm I'm hyped about that. That being said, something that I like probably about as much as a Rope Dropper's trip, but really controversial statement there. But is the Disney Trivia Showdown. Uh, this is the part of the show where we all claim to be semi-Disney experts. But goal here is to prove people wrong. And to really catch the fakes in action. I'm more than happy to get a question or two wrong on this. But that being said, we're going to go ahead and try to stump each other on our Disney knowledge. So this week, the order is Landon's going to go first, then Colby, then me. But I'm hooked. Oh, so let's jump on into it. Landon, go ahead and try to stump me this week. Yeah, I just felt like it was right this week if I had to pick anything that I had to do a fact from the contemporary. Ah. So, without further ado, what was the contemporary originally going to be called? Oh my gosh, I know this. It has something in common with, with Bay Lake. You know, it, Tempo Bay Lake. It, yes, yes it, it is. Really? Oh, nice. Tempo? There you go. Yeah, Tempo <laughs> Bay for some reason, I don't even really recognize it. Um, it I'm sad. Anyway, <laughs> I am excited about this one. I think you'll both know it, but I want to give a shout out to Monsters, Inc. Laugh Floor. So there is a monster that is not, there's three monsters in the show that are like show specific. Like so in what the, are those? So there's Roz and then there's Mike, of course. But there's three other monsters that aren't show specific. Or no, sorry, that are like or show. They 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 were created for the show. I don't think I can get all so, of them. But so what are the three names? Like Buddy Boyle. Buddy Boyle is one. Uh, like Mac and is it Mac and Cheese? Is that their name? I know it's Mac and something. Yes, it's either Mac and Cheese, and sometimes they call them Sam and Ella. So it's either one. Don't I? And then, What's the name of his nephew? Yes, that's the one you're missing. I don't Landon, know the do you name know? of his nephew. I don't know any of these. This is a good question. <laughs> I don't know the name of his nephew. That's a good question. Marty Wazowski. Mar oh, wow. 
Yeah. No, I, I'm disappointed that I didn't know that. That's, man, good question. Good question. Okay. Alrighty. So my question doesn't have a whole lot to do with Disney parks this week. It has more so to do with Disney lore overall, specifically all Disney lore. Disney is one of the highest Academy Award winners of all time, if not the highest. Oh, number I am looking for. I'm looking for one, one, one or the other. I'm either looking for how many Oscars did he win or how many times was he nominated? Oh my gosh, I literally have no clue. I'm just going to say number 134. Oh, that's really high? Uh, hey, no. <laughs> Landon, Oh, I thought you were talking about, like, oh. history. Like, no, Walt like, Disney himself or the whole company? Walt Disney himself. Walt Disney himself. <laughs> this man said 134. <laughs> never never mind. It is a really high number. Cut that in uh, half, and you'll be way closer. I'm going to say 52. I don't know. I literally have no clue. For uh, nominations or one? 54. Wrong with nomination guesses? Yes. All right. And then for wins, I'll say 21. Okay. That's pretty close, too. But you got any guess for the wins? 13. Okay. It's probably low. That's pretty low. It's double 13 is the number he won. He won 26 times. Then the times he, the number of times he was nominated was 59 times, which is nuts to think Dang. about. But it's super cool. He holds, he is the highest, he holds the most Oscars. Out of anyone. He won 26 Oscars in total. Wow. And for those of you who are asking, no, that does not count the seven mini Oscars he got for Snow White. So I love the Disney Trivia Showdown. It really allows me to dust off my Disney briefcase in my brain. So really fun week this week, guys. Colby said, if you want to get a little bit more content from us this week, you can check us over on Patreon. There we are releasing, we have three different tiers. We have a sticker box tier, just an honorary rope dropper tier as well as just like a tier to support the show. Um, and all those, you will get access to the bonus episode as well as the Discord where we have a really fun, thriving Disney community right now. So it's been super fun to interact with our Discord members. That's They actually found out first what Landed Rule was going to be. So we have tons of exclusive content like that heading their way. If you want to support the show more than just listening to us, check out the Patreon. But that being said, this has been the Rope Droppers Podcast. If you want to keep up with us just on our day-to-day, you can check us out at Rope Droppers Podcast, and there you will find all of our personal Instagrams as well as down in the description down below. Mine is at Imagineer Glenn, Colby's is at Colby Trades Pins, and Landon's is at Disneylandon Beat. So, thank you guys so much for listening. Check out the Patreon. My name is Glenn. I'm Landon. And I'm Colby. And this has been the Rope Droppers Podcast. See you real soon. Mm-hmm.